0: Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Medicine On Call. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, Today I'd like to talk about the fallout from Obamacare. There's a lot of talk about how many people are covered, uh, have insurance or getting subsidies from the government to buy an unaffordable product, but not a lot of time is spent on the actual um infrastructure of our healthcare system. The backbone is medical device companies, hospitals, and especially community based and rural hospitals who serve an underserved community, usually A community under financial stress who really needs medical services and the fact that a lot of people are now having to drive sometimes hundreds of miles to get care is being exacerbated by Obamacare. It started under Obamacare when it first got passed there was this onslaught of closures, of consolidations and as I've reported before, the, the hospital systems have become too big to fail, literally pac-manning everything in their past and becoming systems where even the private doctors who have sold their practices into the system are part of their tentacles. Now we're seeing another fallout that's about to become widespread. And there's a report that came out in a on a website called zerohedge.com And it was entitled Obamacare Set to Drive, New Wave of Hospital Bankruptcies. And we're we're just at the tip of the iceberg of hospitals getting the rug pulled out from underneath them further. I've talked to you, Dave, in in the past about how the government has a pot of money for hospitals to access to pay for people who don't have insurance. Well, under the Affordable Care Act, that safety net is going to be pulled away. With the mindset that Congress considered Obamacare to be the end-all, be-all, and there was a feeling that because of Obamacare, people would, everybody would buy insurance, and there would be no um, people no longer covered or or going without health insurance. And there was a poison pill in Obamacare to pull off, pull back, and rescind the subsidies paid to hospitals for indigent patients. That is about to take effect. I think they've kicked the football down the road a few times where they've delayed it, but it's now about to go into effect in full force, which will mean that hospitals across the country will no longer have a secondary pot of money that the government's been paying them. And let's put it, let's, let's pay, you know, put it a different way. Hospitals have been crying poor, jacking up the price on everybody else because they were saying that it was going to cover the non insured indigent or in actuality, they were getting money from the government the whole time to cover the indigent, so basically double dipping double billing and robbing people who did have health sh- health um, insurance coverage now that 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 uh, safety net's going to be pulled away, and what we're going to be leaving is left with our hospitals who are going to have to close and these aren't the big you know uh, city hospitals that have Buku money, getting research grants money, all that sort of thing. It's going to be the ones that are actually helping the people who need the help the rural hospitals, the hospitals and communities that aren't, uh, you know, who are financially strapped. And that's going to further put strain on a system. I think even the doctors in these hospital systems have finally reached the breaking point where their compensation, even though they're hospital employed, they're working well beyond what they're compensated and they're start to, starting to balk as well. So the system has been gamed. It's been rigged to squeeze the juice out of both the doctor and the patient, and now it's coming to an end. And where are they going to be left with? Where are these people going to go if they get into a car accident or they have cancer or they have congestive, congestive heart failure and they don't have the means to travel to a big city hospital? What's going to happen to these guys? And nobody thinks about the long-term effect. They just want an instant gratification and to see that they are winning or to change the system so they can have a socialized medical system at all costs. And this is what we're going to, you know, we reap what we sow on this. And those folks who said that Obamacare was going to help people who were poor and people who didn't have access obviously didn't read the bill or didn't know what they were talking about or couldn't give a darn about the outcome. And I thought people should know this because this is a bigger picture. We're seeing this with Amazon now. I've never seen one company. I thought Google was bad, but Amazon it takes it to a whole new level. They're encroaching into pharmaceuticals, groceries, they're everywhere. And they're not just getting regular customers, the government is subsidizing them. A dollar and about a dollar and 40 of every package that's shipped by Amazon is paid for by us, the taxpayer. Why does a billion or trillion dollar, whatever they are, company, need to have uh, subsidies to mail the packages? It's absolutely outrageous. They're getting a leg up on everybody else. And the brick-and-mortar companies are the ones that are real companies on the Internet, small mom-and-pops, are having to compete against this, and they can't. So this is... This is fascism 101 where the government public private partnership is actually destroying free competition and we need to stand up and know about it and make conscious choices because if we don't we're only going to have one game left in town you've seen it with the banks right you've seen it with hospitals now and the healthcare system you've seen it for a long time in big business in media in newspapers. Everything's doing the same thing where they're consolidating, where there's one parent company owning all these other fronts. But really, it's just a few players running the game. What do you think about that, Dave?
0: You caught me off guard, as a matter of fact. (laughs) You caught me off guard with that. What do I think? Uh, Yeah. Quite frankly, until we wake up, and start raising cane as patients, um, and there are some organizations that are working towards uh, uh, advocacy of, of patient care and a relationship with doctors. Until we wake up and start pushing, it's just going to get deeper and deeper. And uh, I, as you know, I just came back from uh, Europe, and and uh, I asked some of the people in England what they think of their socialized medicine and mm-hmm. um and th- this is where we're headed if things were to work out with pelosi to get her way or whatever and schumer but they hate it They, you know it, it's well we you know i say they hate it the biggest response well we've learned to accept it you know <laughs> that's once not you, a wave yeah once you accept something then you're enslaved to whatever you've accepted, in my opinion. And that's that's no, where that's we're true. headed with this. And it's crazy.
1: Well, it's interesting. It's been painted and under the guise of, you know, medical services are a right. You, you know, you're supposed to give... Whatever the patient asked for, it was just a point to get people sucked into the system. Because everybody wants a freebie. Everybody wants a good deal. Mm-hmm. And what they don't understand is that you get what you pay for. This is not a system where doctors are going to be able to give you everything you want. They are actually being held hostage by a system of regulations, of um, new rules that come out daily from the you know, CMS, Medicaid, Medicare the insurance companies have run amok where they're literally and I've said it before and I'm serious, they're practicing medicine, they are deciding basically who lives and dies and there's no consequence for the decisions that they make. How can something like a bone marrow transplant, which has been around forever, be considered experimental? (laughs) And that's what they're doing. They're making up guidelines that only that are internal guidelines that have completely divorced from medical societies, from what doctors who are actually taking care of patients recommend. That's the problem. And then you have this whole cadre of employed physicians within these insurance companies that are there as gatekeepers without consequence. So they're not, you present your case, you give literature, you give documentation, you give your office note. I mean, this is a whole tome that goes up to them. If they read it, I'm not even sure they read it to tell you the truth, they'll spout their regulations within their particular insurance uh, plan, and that supersedes medical care. It supersedes doctor's judgment. It supersedes the standard of care as driven by the specialty society. How on earth can anybody get away with that? But it makes perfect sense, because the people who are making these rules and laws are being paid by lobbyists associated with these companies. There's no reason to have the top 10 lobby groups be healthcare related, and then come up with Obamacare. I don't care who you are. If you are for Obamacare, for socialized medicine, you should have a a, a care and a question mark as to why these people have such power up there. They don't care about you and your health. They care about accessing a system and controlling it from dollar one. Now, there's a conflict of interest by definition from the get-go. If an insurance company's whole goal is to collect a premium, make money, and make profit based on denial of care, they only make money if they don't pay out for the medical condition. They want to collect the money and not pay it. We're in a position right now in our office where we are, I think that the Insurance companies committing fraud. They have got back on a panel back in April, or so we thought. We started submitting claims. Nothing. You know, first of all, we heard nothing from them except uh, an email saying that we were back on. So we're submitting claims right along. Everything gets denied. After multiple calls, I finally threatened to go to the insurance commissioner, and then we get a reply from the insurance company. Oh, we made a mistake. We had the wrong NPI number. It was like a radiologist, but not, not not me. And so we had to resubmit our 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 application. And it took a month a month to get back on the uh, you know the electronic system, so that everybody would know when claims were submitted that we were in network. Okay, we waited a month. We're still not right because the different pods of this particular insurance company don't talk to anybody because they've outsourced, a quote, outsourced their um, application process. So this is a joke, right? So they've been collecting premiums from these patients. They've been seeing doctors, me included, especially me because I don't really have to deal with anybody else. And I'm giving free medical care. They're paying for it, and the insurance company is pocketing the money that's outrageous and by the way we're going through the system right so we're getting pre-certifications for things we're not we're talking with the insurance company they're giving us pre-cert numbers but they're denying it after the fact because of quote poor communication that's outrageous this goes on throughout the country every day patients need to know this because when your doctor sends you a bill and you're not sure why it's going on i suggest you call your insurance company it's complete. It's a scam, and they have ultimate power in this. And they're in a position now of literally using things like Amazon as, um, you know, to purchase. God forbid, you want Amazon involved with distributing pharmaceuticals. <laughs> you know, where does it stop? You're controlling everything. Everything's a system. You're keeping the food industry in business by not cleaning up the food supply and that which is making people sick and that ma- magically you lower the, um, you know, what constitutes a healthy uh, parameter. Now they've lowered the parameter for cholesterol, I think again, oh no, high blood pressure. So now everybody, half of the country now is hypertensive. Uh, wh- what do you think is going to happen there, Dave? They're going to recommend that everybody starts, who's got this, the numbers to start a medication. And where are you going to get that medication from?
0: Amazon.
1: Amazon. <laughs> it's like a pipeline. You know, they make you sick, and then they have the magic, you know, it's a order out of chaos. They have the magic pill for you or the specific hospital you should go to for specialty care. I'm disgusted, and it's time for it to stop.
0: Well, like I said, until it people wake up and start raising cano. You know, it, it's, you. you said a minute ago, everybody wants something for nothing. Well... Who was yeah. the person that said, you don't get any, nothing in life is free. There's a price to pay. And, you know, if I have a choice, I'd rather have good medical care by experts and I'll pay for it as opposed to getting it free from your local witch doctor or something, you know? I,
1: or or better get the urgent care in Walmart. Something. Yeah. That's another conflict of interest. I mean, you've got you know medical, supposed medical providers up in there doing God knows what. I've seen so many people who've gone to urgent care, been misdiagnosed, given wrong medication, and now are sitting in my office with a problem that's gone on longer than it should. This is not, this is not. This, this should never be the standard of care. I know we have to take a break. Let's do that and come back. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Welcome back to Mendocin, our call. You know, in the break, we were talking about, you know, the consequences of having, quote, unquote, convenience. If you have a nurse that is employed by a pharmacy chain and they're seeing patients, you know, when you're a hammer, everything's a nail. Once a viral infection becomes... A reason to treat with an antibiotic where do you go right as you get your milk and whatever you're getting you're going right to their pharmacy and you are buying the prescription from them. That's a kickback you know we can't do that in medicine it's called a stark law where if you have a if you own a radiology center or you own an urgent care or you own a uh, own a um oh my gosh an, uh, a uh, uh, outpatient surgery center or something you can't self refer that's considered to be a kickback. You really have to do a lot of jumps, jump, jump to a lot of hoops to make sure that if a patient gets referred to anything that you have an interest in, that it's disclosed and it's frowned upon. That's one of the reasons that the hospitals have been able to take over, um, independent surgery centers, independent labs, etc., because of the Stark Law. Why doesn't that apply to big business? That's my question. I would love to know that. Then you have the PBMs, you know, these pharmacy benefit management companies, which are absolute kickback, uh, you know, kickbacks on steroids. This whole system built rigged on ripping people off, jacking up the price, getting money or, you know, yeah. uh, skimming money off the top and raising the price that's of something that's a fraction of what it costs at the beginning. These guys don't do anything but cut deals with each other. You know, so I've got an example and I'm going to have a lot of people on my show in the coming months which are really going to speak to all of these things that we're speaking about today in great detail. And you're going to learn from the bottom up exactly how the system is broken and the fact that they've used patient dissatisfaction to double down on the very things that are causing everybody to pay more while they tell you that they love you and they're helping you. They just care less. It's not about socialized medicine. It's about the gravy train which they want to keep going and actually institutionalize and and make it such that there will be no competition and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. If they have their way, it's not just socialized medicine, Dave. It's getting rid of any private practice physician, any integrative medicine or holistic physician any tract that's going to get somebody off of a prescription drug and out of a hospital system. That's their goal. You know, they want people on something from cradle to grave, something to keep you from getting blood pressure. Do pre-diabetes, pre-cholesterol treatments, you know, um, putting you on medications to make you happy. And they wanted to put stuff in the blood, su- I'm sorry, in the uh, water supply, like Lipitor and other medications, to pre-treat people. This is the kind of system that we're dealing with. These people are not normal. It's not about freedom of choice. It's not about um, really educating the patient about their options. They don't want you to have an option. It's one size fits all, and it's command and control. Nobody's going to want to be in a system like that. If that's what free means, you should run to the (laughs) as far away from it as you can possibly run. And the people who are sitting there telling you you're bad for questioning it, if it's so awesome, why don't they join the system? They can have that system all they want, and they can have it. They can join it and let everybody else who don't want to live like that have a choice. But that's not what our society is really being being pushed towards, is it? It's about do what you're told. Don't question it. And if you do, there's going to be some bad consequence to pay someone's gonna come after you or some someone's gonna boycott you or somebody's gonna, you know, take a physical physically harm you. This is the system that we're dealing with. It's being empowered by, by I guess, you know, by us, people who are who are decent upstanding citizens who don't wanna make a fuss. We don't start speak like you said, if we don't start speaking up, the system's gonna run over us and there will be no choice. And it's not very far from doing that, quite frankly. The medical education system has changed. The scope of practice of various healthcare providers in the system have changed. The nurses are now being uh, trained, and even those that don't want to. And there's been a lot of nurses who left the profession because they felt that they were being asked to expand their scope of practice, but they didn't feel comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Doctor of nursing does not equal, and it's not the same thing as doctor of medicine. People need to understand that. It's not the same training. It's not the same mindset. It's a completely different ballgame. When we all do our jobs and we're all at the top of our game and working together, that's when the system works. When you start to piecemeal it and give people more responsibility and, and encroach into areas that they really don't know about, that's when you get into trouble and everything costs more. And for the most important thing, it's a patient cost. Misdiagnosis, uh, treatments you don't need, extra labs, CT scans that shouldn't be ordered, delayed diagnoses, and everything coming down to, it's more money out of the patient's pocket. That's the, that's the system, that's the, the bad part of the system. You may have convenience with the telemedicine or, you know, doing everything online, but unless someone can actually look in your face, touch you, and actually, do a, a complete physical with you. You're really not getting good standard of care, while they tell you it's the same. It's absolutely not.
0: Wouldn't wouldn't you say it's uh, Wouldn't you say it's true that if I control your health, I control your life. If I control your life, then I'm going to tell you what to do up and down the gambit of what you can read, what library you mm-hmm. can go to, what books you can buy, what meals you can eat. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, you, you've said it over and over. It's a matter of control, and the government oh, wants to control you. It,
1: it's, but it's, it's pervaded the society. I mean, look at all the stuff going on with surveillance and cameras going up and your phone <laughs> watching you. There's no way on earth I would ever get that iPhone X. Never happening. I mean, granted, facial recognition is, God forbid, it's everywhere. You walk into a... <laughs> Uh, welcome like to airport.
0: Welcome to, we were almost going to be doing this show from uh, my jail cell, as they wouldn't let me back into the United States.
1: Boy, What happened?
0: <laughs> well, you know, when you put your passport in, and they scan the picture and your stuff on your passport, and then they take a picture of you? Yeah. Well, I had grown a beard. And it's a white it was a white beard as a matter of fact so i hadn't really changed looks that much but because mm-hmm. my passport picture didn't match the picture that uh they took of me while i was standing there uh i was whisked out of line and then oh, uh, put through a, a Another questioning thing, and the at least the guy was nice, and and he took one look at me and said, "Yeah, nobody could be this ugly, and you're as ugly in the passport picture as you are in <laughs> person." And he let me go, but you know, I, it, it was uh, I never experienced that, and I didn't. If I'd known that growing a beard and a mustache were going going to delay getting back into the states, another. 20 minutes 30 minutes i don't know you know i just shaved it off it was no big it was just my son and i together for a couple of weeks and we decided to grow beards you know and uh, so i I, it made me look like a terrorist obviously
1: (laughs) this is laughable honestly i mean you have all these cameras and everything up if it really worked why are people still getting mugged Carjacked, and they can't find the people, and people who are part of, you know, various terrorist organizations can put up videos that come, that never come down, and all these things are supposed to protect you and your safety. Here we have Uber, who had their database hacked, and all personal information, um, you know, as usual, out in the wind somewhere. Where's the protection and the safety in all this encryption and? you know, all these hoops that you're jumping through, all you're doing really is giving your information voluntarily for them to create a a picture not even a snapshot anymore, an absolute recreation of you from your DNA to what you look like, to your healthcare information, to your financial information, to what you say on Facebook and other social media platforms to get to know your mindset. This is not about your protection. It's about being able to manipulate you, knowing what you're going to do before you do, knowing how you think or so they believe, knowing what you think before you do. I mean, this is, it's pretty obvious. Nothing in society has gotten safer. You certainly, your personal information has never been protected. Hmm. And all these things they're asking you to do are just metadata. You are providing voluntary data. Every time you go on Facebook and just put in a picture, you know, of somebody that, you know, or yourself, your children taking, you know, selfies and loading it up on a cloud. You're just giving them more information about you. Is it really important to know for people to know where you are and what you're doing at all times in the day? Is it really? No. Does that make you really <clears throat> feel good about yourself? You know, or are you just playing along with this?
0: When uh, you go to the grocery store, and I won't mention names, but they uh, print out. Or they send them in the mail to you, is, here's is a coupon for this, this, and this, because you normally buy it. Yep. Uh, you know, to me, that's like somebody standing on my yard that I didn't invite. They have, they have you know, that's information that, that's private. I don't want everybody to know I eat Frosted Flakes or, you know, Fruit Loops. It, it's, none of, it's nobody else's business but mine. And if and I'm getting I'm getting sick and tired of, of you know, all of it, and and that's just the simple part of it. Like you said, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a we had a doctor in here the other day that uh, hip was about gone, and that was our protection as patients with our doctors. Mm-hmm. Would you agree to that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Electronic medical record system is the worst thing that's happened to patient care. It's not about efficiency. I still get home at 9 o'clock at night. I still, if someone sends me a patient, I don't even know why they're sending the patient because there's no medical information that comes across. What does come across, though, is what medications the patient has ever been prescribed. That automatically populates in the patient's chart. Before I even see them, it's in there. Now that's a problem suppose there's an error or they were taking the medication for something else other than what it's usually prescribed for that doesn't populate in the the information bar and that's not just me that's got that that's everybody who's connected to the cloud or can hack into the cloud so i mean this is not a system that you actually that actually is about providing health care and on that note let's take a break um you're listening to medicine on call Medicine on call. You know, let's talk about this telemedicine phenomenon that's going on. It's been, it's an explosion. I was on the plane, um, you know, returning for the holidays and looking at the in-flight magazine, and there's this whole, there's pages and pages of all these Wall Street startups that are, you know, they have this idea. It sounds just like the the '80s when they had these ideas, and then money would pour in, and you'd have these weird, you know. Uh, internet startup millionaires, but they never really did anything. It's kind of the same uh, phenomenon happening with telemedicine. So this woman has an idea about, you know, something called blockchain. I'm not sure if people know what that is, but that means that there are nodes of information that are immovable, unchangeable. So you put your information into a a, a database, and that database is fixed anybody can access that database within the blockchain basically so the hospital can access it you can access it you supposedly are supposed to give your your permission for other people to access it but it basically means your information is held on a supposedly encrypted cloud somewhere and anybody who needs information can access it directly from that that means you no longer have to out a chart you no longer have to do the legwork to give the information to somebody at the point of service they can do it without your you know without your input without your input question about it is can they do it without your knowledge I think they can so her job was to create medical records or her theory create medical records put them in a blockchain so that any hospital across the country could access them if you ended up in their ER or in their doctor's office, etc. That was the mindset with electronic medical records from the get-go. It just never happened. So all these electronic medical record system companies popped up, charging doctors 40000 50000 whatever they were charging for use, but they never talked to each other. I've been through three different iterations of medical records. All I've had is the, the cost of changing my database or putting it into the new database. Now, I think I've said in the past, they tried to charge me $10,000 to upload my patient information from one medical record system or electronic medical system to another, a total rip-off and scam. You should actually have be able to get that on on some sort of hard drive and that should be your your patient information that you own. You actually don't even own that anymore. Once you upload in their system, they have it. You have to pay for the privilege of accessing it. They should legislate that out of existence. It's a complete scam. You're already paying monthly for them to house your data, for them to, you know, keep you up and going. Why on earth do you have to pay if you need or want to leave their system? But that's, you know, kind of another topic of information or a conversation. But this blockchain idea is all about this new Internet, something called the Internet of Things. I think you've probably heard about that. 5G, this new, faster, supposed faster system that's coming online. I don't want anything to do with 5G, Internet of Things, or anything, because that means that you're now putting your your information and your everything about you in a system that somebody else potentially can manipulate that is going to be overseen by you know, artificial intelligence. This is not a system that's going to be run by people. It's going to be run by things and digital currency, etc. I know for those Christians out there, that's a system that you have to have an ID in order to access. You have to, you know, have a mark, so to speak. That's nothing that I'm interested in joining. And these blockchain um, systems or things, things that use blockchain Bitcoin, are all part of that. And that's, again, another conversation for another show. I just wanted to give a taste or a hint of exactly what's going on. It's not all about trendy and cool. It's about how do we get people on a on a paperless, moneyless system that you have to be identified. And maybe that identity might be your DNA at some point. Who knows? Because it's all about security and making sure that you say you are who you are. And it's all moving us towards You know, a a unique ID in order to buy and sell, in order to get medical services. This is potentially the end point of this. And if people aren't aware, awake and aware, they're going to have to do things that they may not ever thought they would have had to in order to be a citizen, you know, in any stretch of the imagination. Get a job, buy things, buy clothes, go to a doctor. I mean, it's kind of scary when you think about it, isn't it?
0: Has anybody come in and tried to pay you in the bit chain, whatever it's called? No. <clears throat> I We had a, a show, that, a guy that's very involved in it, and supposedly is doing quite well in buying and selling, whatever they do with the stupid stuff. And as I sat here, and, and you know I'm older than dirt, but I sat there and I said, well, I kept asking, what's what's backing this up? What's backing it up? It's not currency. It's not no. It's hot it's not air. Gold. Yeah. You know, it's it's. <clears throat> now I can see the government doing it. You know, because they're hot air anyway. They don't back up <laughs> anything. But, you know, this guy kept sitting and he said, "Well, I can, you know, I can get a new set of tires for eight hundred, whatever they call the things." Mm-hmm. And it's it's. Uh, it's a deck of cards that has to collapse, in my opinion. It's backed by absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, well, so is our, our currency. It's not backed by gold. No. So no. it's backed by, it's all digital. And that means you can erase and create wealth with a keystroke. It's kind of scary, actually, when you think about it. I'd rather have a, a something tangible. I'd rather barter with somebody, a service for a service, something that's of value that we both know and that we both are creating the value for ourselves, not somebody making up something. And the Bitcoin phenomenon now it's worth ten thousand ten thousand dollars, I think it's something it's it's gone up dramatically. Oh, yeah. it was basically worthless before. Um so I'm I'm not a big fan of just because everybody's doing it, you do it too. Never have been. And my parents are very very clear about that. Just because everybody's doing it, that doesn't mean you need to do it too. And I think people need to think about that. And yet that's... Individually, if it works for you, I have no problem with it. But just because somebody else does it and you don't think about it, that's where I get into question marks about people's motivation. Trendy is not good. Trendy usually gets people into trouble.
0: <laughs> and and uh, in my opinion, again, it's... it's uh it's sort of a pyramid type thing in a way in that uh, if you're at the bottom of the pyramid you're close to dirt and if you were in it at the beginning well you've got fresh air you're breathing so where do you want to be in this whole you won't be seeing me offering you bitcoins anytime soon that's for sure. No
1: I agree I mean ultimately if if, um, what do you call uh? I think it's um, – hold on one second. If, if – um, what's the name of the – um, if the banks are involved with it and want it, then you know it's got to be a joke, right? Yeah. I think – um, what's the name of the bank? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Chase Manhattan. They're actually getting involved with Bitcoin. And if that's a problem, or if they're into it, then I have a question mark about it. <laughs> they don't do anything that's not self-serving. Uh, you know, the whole the whole thing is just it was draw your consent. If we're the ones that's propping up all of these things by by our purchases, by our our habits, we're actually just doing the bidding of of a bigger picture. And ultimately, we have a few things that we can control. One is what we put into our mouths what is what we consume in terms of what we read and what we watch and if we, those two things are empowering the system to work against us I just ask people to think twice about what they're doing is it positive, do you feel good about it, is it you know, making you more financially or emotionally secure and if none of those things are happening you need to take a step back and think about it
0: The key word there is is think. Mm. Are people really going to think? No, I don't.
1: I mean, I hope they are. A lot of things are not as as, uh, straightforward as they used to be. Congress is a perfect example. I think people, most people who are paying any attention to this, whether they're on the left side or the right side, must be asking questions about who is representing them up in Congress. What is going on up there? You know, why are they not doing the business of the people. They're so busy running their own fiefdoms, you know, being overlords to the people that work for them, voting in ways that are completely counter to what is in the best interest of their people that they're supposedly representing. I think a lot of people are now questioning that. I certainly am. If people are spending taxpayer money to hide their indiscretions, they should be removed, if not arrested, for fraud. Hopefully, that's going to be a conversation that people start having at some point.
0: I would certainly like to see it happen. Um,
1: <laughs> I would but, too.
0: But whether it does or not uh, may be a entirely different thing. I it's uh, I I I have a hard time, and I guess again uh, maybe it's age, maybe it's just my mentality, but. Um, I have a hard time accepting anything today at face value and mm-hmm. walking through airports I, I couldn't imagine as a kid, I, I might have liked it as a kid but I can't imagine as a kid ever walking through any place that you would see men standing there either police or military with machine guns and this is for your safety and it's Mm -hmm. like we're being pulled in you know like like i said earlier if the government controls your health they control everything else about you and um, it's going to get to the point i think that uh, uh, you'll be denied access to uh Entering the United States because of health like it used to be many, many years ago, but at the same time it'll be even a different form of it. The whole thing is just uh who are these people that we've elected to control our tomorrows?
1: Well, you have a bunch of people who are getting their money from corporate interests. it's all about i mean <laughs> I was told basically it's all about the next election and and positioning yourself with enough um, campaign war chest to run a campaign that's what they do and it's the pages and the aides that are actually writing the legislation and they have these front people these congress people who basically try to go out and sell it they don't even read the stuff dave you know it's it's all about positioning and one-upping and it's a it's a complete joke i mean of a majority of the Congress people up there are committing some sort of fraud in some way. And I say that, you know, not with, not tongue-in-cheek, I'm serious. Either they are run by lobbyists, and they're literally just crafting legislation because they, they're they in the ear of these people. Or they have their ear, I should say. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they've, there's all sorts of things that have come out about how they've run their campaigns, committing fraud. We know that they've a whole treasure trove of impropriety up there. Remember the Page scandal back, I guess, in the 90s, with the Pages being you know, assaulted oh. by various congresspeople? Oh, yeah. And they I shut down the, the Page world. system? Well, that now, I guess, moved to their aides and the people who come up there. If I had a child, I was no way on earth I would want them working for any congressman, woman, anybody up there. I mean, these are 18, 19, 20-year-olds you know, people who are really going up there with good intentions, and they come out, if they do come out damaged, who, this is the tip of the iceberg, I'm con, I'm convinced. There's gonna be plenty, plenty more people coming out of the woodwork on both sides, because it's all about power, and people who want to access that power, and and putting themselves in the, at the mercy of people who promise them things. This is how Hollywood works, this is how Congress works, this is how policy, any position, I don't care if it's big business, Healthcare is the same principle, isn't it? You want something that someone else has, and they have ultimate power over you because of your desire to access a system, and you're on their mercy. If they're decent people, great. But how many of those people will, you know, take their pound of flesh to supposedly give you what you what you think you want? That's a problem. The whole system needs to be cleaned up.
0: And, unfortunately, uh, well, actually, we need to take a break, I guess, come to think of it. Um, You're listening to Medicine on Call. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Dr. George right after this.
1: Welcome back to Medicine on Call. This is not designed, the show is not designed to make you feel like, there's, like you're powerless. It's actually the opposite. Knowledge is power. And knowing that the system has been... You know, the healthcare system had its problems before all this stuff happened. But this is a whole nother level because you've actually had an insertion of Wall Street, of banking, of all sorts of outside players into the last... The, in their mindset, gravy train that is out there. Well, what Obamacare did is put the government muscle and money behind the health care system in earnest, and then it outsourced various parts of the healthcare care delivery system to corporate interest. It's really sick. While, they're, while they had the audacity to tell us by doing that, it was going to make it accessible and cheap for everybody. When in actuality, it's done the absolute opposite. It's disrupted the delivery of health care. You have doctors leaving. You have the training of physicians change so that they don't even think about the patient as an individual anymore. It's a, it's a cost center. It's a cost. If you've lived a good life, you should unplug because it's not worth the good of the many outweighing the needs of the few. These are the mindsets now. Hippocratic oath changing or not even being, you know, given in certain medical schools. That's what makes us different than any other professional, that we take an oath to have the the, the good of the patient outweigh our good or our need as physicians. That's really, really, very important. We can't take money from a patient over an excess of what our value is. We can't gouge people. We can't sleep with patients. We can't commit, you know, or help people commit suicide. We know all the fiduciary responsibility is to the patient, not to ourselves. These are different codes of ethics than a lot of other professionals, let's face it. And they've systematically removed that or damaged it or somehow taught us or, or beginning to teach doctors that what you want to do for your patient is counter to the good of the system, which is completely ridiculous our whole purpose as physicians is to be the advocate for the patient. And they're trying to tell us that our fiduciary responsibility is to a system that's about cost control, about, you know, equality of access. What does that even mean? If someone's homeless, and need a CT scan, they should get it. Period. That's how it used to be. Those people now are, first they were shipped off to different hospitals. You know, there was a lot of, you know, revolving door kind of medicine that was practiced for with people without money. Now the same thing's happening, but it's not just the indigent. It's people who are working class, people who are middle class. Anybody with an insurance card are getting the same you know, standard of care as someone who potentially has no means. But they're putting this in a position where if you have health insurance then you have access, but in actuality it's not true because you can't afford it. You can't afford the deductibles. Or even if you have a deductible, they're denying you after the fact because it's experimental or not necessary. Which part of this game don't people get? Putting people on TV, screaming for healthcare, as if it's the end all be all, you know, it's it's window dressing, it's kabuki theater, these people don't even know what they're asking for. And they if they looked at the system they wouldn't be happy with what they were screaming about. It's our position and our job as physicians now. To actually educate people to let them know it's cheaper to actually see a physician that's independent than it is to go to a doctor who's employed by a hospital it's cheaper that I say it every week please start paying attention if you haven't it's cheaper to go to a direct primary care doctor who owns their lab who has radiology um, available services in their office you know you near chest x-ray so we even have a CT scan keeping it all in-house Where the prices are transparent far outweighs and it's far superior to this black box that people go into. They don't know what the cost is until they have the service done. They don't know what a facility fee is until they get socked with it. They are now the ERs have become cash cows where they don't even treat you unless you have a heart attack or stroke. Anything less than that, you're going to be, you know, treated as an outpatient. Given an appointment for a clinic, or basically even thrown out, go see your own private doctor without an appointment. This is what's going on. They charge you three or four hundred, maybe more, for them looking at you. You know, this is not healthcare. This is what people want to pay for. I don't. And the only way that we break this system is not Congress. I can't say it enough. It's us. Do your due diligence. If you listen to my show, you should know that there's plenty of resources, Association of Independent Doctors, um, Association, I'm sorry, American Association of um, uh, Physicians and Surgeons. You've got, gosh, um, Surgery Center of Oklahoma. You've got Patient, I said Patient, PPP, I can't remember what it's called now, Patient Physicians Partnership. It's on Facebook. Everybody's got there's so many different aspects of doctors now that have now woken up, awakened, and are now providing access and information. There's no reason to fall through a crack anymore. Even if you have health insurance and you can't afford it, you can do supplemental policies like AFLAC. I mean, I can't tell you all these, you know, Liberty Health Share, or MediShare or MediBid or Samaritan. I mean, there's all these things that you can access, that was going to give you access to health care without you having to run this gauntlet, without having to give up your private information, without having to pay for getting nothing except screwed. (laughs) It's not worth it, guys. There's another way. Thank goodness the executive order has already been written and signed that you cannot be dinged for not carrying health insurance. That was signed what in February, February, March. It's a long time now. So we were in the middle of, uh, I guess, open enrollment for Obamacare, or whatever nonsense they want to try to pull on us now. I think the average um, increase in the premium is 113%. Good luck paying an $800, 900 $2,000 premium and then having another $7,500 on top of that. But do you want to pay $199 a month, 450 for a family, with a total of $500 out-of-pocket per individual? get quality health care anywhere in the country it's kind of a no-brainer when you think about that Libertyoncall.org, dot one one Avenue you know if you go to um, let, me see. let me give you some telephone number some actual information that you can actually use AID has a whole section of doctors as well as aapsonline.org of doctors who barter doctors who take fee-for-service who have direct primary care practices every state now has many doctors in different specialties that you can actually access. I actually ran into a colleague the other day who said I'd rather pay for my doctor appointments upfront just tell me what the cost is let me just pay it because I don't want to access my deductible and then I want to be you know, if I have something horrible then I want to access it so people are actually using the system appropriately and they're finding that they're paying a fraction of what they're what they're getting dinged for by doing it the way everybody wants you to do it, which is to spend as much money as possible and don't access the system because it's too expensive or too hard or you just get denied until we make our or take our power back in that. It really won't change, honestly. You no, know, I can't preach it enough. <laughs> I feel like I'm a, No, <laughs> I mean, you're
0: you're doing fantastic. evangelist on this. If you get one person that's listening and they make the decision to check, just check out what Dr. George is saying. Go to our website and click on uh, Liberty On Call. Uh, you know, you'll find out. It's that easy.
1: It's true. It really is.
0: With that being said, though, we're out of time.
1: Oh, well, it's, it's you know, time flies when we're having fun. <laughs> Um, but let me give you one last number. If people call 404-427-8009, that's one person that you can talk to about Aflac, who can give you all of the information about dental, eye, medical, surgical, for like $30 a month. But that's not a that's not a lot of money for most people. You can actually get some serious coverage and peace of mind. And on that note, thank you for listening to Medicine on Call. Have a wonderful week, and I will be back soon. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times, Liberty Talk FM.